0: I hadn't actually seen that doctored video of Nancy Pelosi, the one that was making the rounds online, until yesterday. Nancy Pelosi. Let's just do one more round. (laughs) This video starts out as a regular, sort of boring C-SPAN broadcast. Nancy Pelosi on a white armchair at an ideas festival, talking about infrastructure. We want to give this president the opportunity to do something historic for our country. But the version that ended up on the politics watchdog Facebook group sounds different. We want to give this president the opportunity to do something historic for our country. You know,
1: it's what's interesting is is just that very, very ever so slight 25 percent Slow down
0: in her voice makes her sound drunk. Elizabeth Dwaskin covers Silicon Valley for The Washington Post. You can see her hands are waving,
1: and it's almost like she's gesticulating in a slower way, like as if she was slightly underwater. When Elizabeth watches this video, it almost seems like she admires it just a tad. I mean, it was such a simple technique, just slowing it down by 25
0: percent. All they did was slow down a video a little bit this video that incubated on a relatively obscure facebook group it went viral how did each of the big tech companies react once this nancy pelosi video started spreading
1: youtube took it down very quickly and i was i was actually pretty surprised by that because youtube is usually like the last one and the most laissez faire and then facebook and twitter left it up and then Facebook got even in more trouble because they, you know, they really dug in and they said we refuse to take it down.
0: Anybody who is seeing this video in newsfeed, anyone who is going to share it to somebody else, anybody who has shared it in the past, they are being alerted that this video is false. And this is part of the way that we deal with misinformation.
1: We One with of it. their vice presidents, he went on, she went on M- Anderson Cooper, and. You know, he grilled her about how can you how can you keep this up? Like, what civic purpose does this serve?
0: Well, why keep do, it up though? Yeah. We think it's important for people to make their own informed choice about what to believe. Our job is to make sure that we are getting them accurate information.
1: You're listening to that and I'm thinking, that doesn't satisfy anyone. People make their own choices, but you have a role. Don't you have a role as a platform to help people make more informed choices?
0: It was almost just like really stepping back from responsibility. Elizabeth says it is worth paying attention to the debate around this video because it's a debate we're just going to keep having about how fake is too fake on the internet and who decides that. And when the target of online fakery is the most powerful woman in Washington, the question really is, what's she going to do about it? I'm Mary Harris. You are listening to What Next. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by SAP. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI will not help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos, but it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks or automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real world results. That's SAP Business AI. I wonder if you think the reactions to this video show how Facebook's relationship with Washington, D.C. is changing because you did this really interesting reporting. You reported that this video came out. Nancy Pelosi was clearly really upset about it. And then Facebook kind of tried to make amends.
1: Yeah. And when I originally saw this, I thought to myself, look, Nancy Pelosi is a very powerful person who gets attacked all the time. I was actually surprised by how deeply she was upset about this. And Actually, she happened to be in San Francisco around when that was happening. And she spoke at the Commonwealth Club, which is like a local space where a lot of people come and do talks. And, you know, she was so angry. She was talking. She said, you know, I gave them the benefit of the doubt. I
0: was giving them the benefit of the doubt on Russia, but clearly they, I thought it was unwitting, but clearly they wittingly were accomplices and enablers of
1: false information to go across Facebook. it really struck me about how when something affects you personally it's so different from when it's abstract
0: and it's not you hmm. and of course Nancy Pelosi she represents San Francisco she's in the heart of the tech area and so i just wonder if you're at facebook and you hear her making these comments about you like what do you do next
1: yeah and it's 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 been such a sea change because you know facebook and google were last cycle were some of the biggest donors to her campaign zuckerberg I think personally contributed in, in 2014. So, you know, all the, I mean, we see all the candidates are coming to Silicon Valley for money and all the presidential candidates as well. In fact, the only one I think who isn't coming here from what I've heard or is coming less is Elizabeth Warren. And she's the one who's been most brazen in her criticism of tech and the, you know, the others, the candidates, you know, the fact that they do Silicon Valley has so much money and that, Progressive Democratic candidates get so much money from Silicon Valley it does it does seem like it's had an effect, a tempering effect on what they can say, but on another level that that seems to be changing very quickly. I mean, you did
0: this reporting that Mark Zuckerberg personally called Nancy Pelosi.
1: Yeah, and that you know one of the things to know about Zuckerberg is that for years he really shied away from Washington. And he left all that business to Cheryl Sandberg. So in the company, even though they've been referred to as co-CEOs, they're not co-CEOs. Zuckerberg has the power. But the way that they divvied up responsibility is sort of is sort of Sandberg was business and the risk to the business. She dealt with risk. Things that Zuckerberg didn't want to think about. What Zuckerberg wanted to was wanted to think about historically is the future of the business, the new products, the acquisitions, the world domination, uh, Oculus, world domination, growth. But the fact that he called Pelosi, I think it really shows that people, you know, at the staff level, they've been trying to communicate about this incident. And Facebook wants to share its position. And inside, by the way, Facebook is, I would say, in some ways, evolving its position. And we can talk about that. But, you know, publicly, they've sort of said, we're not going to take down this video. But inside, there's a lot more deliberation going on. And you can really see how they know how angry Pelosi was. And how this became very personal.
0: Hmm. Was Nancy Pelosi asking them to
1: scrub the video? She was. She said, you know, people came out and said, well, what if it was Mark Zuckerberg? Would You know, it was Mark Zuckerberg being made to seem drunk. Would people take it down? And now there's actually a video circulating where uh, people have actually made a video of Mark Zuckerberg where, you know, he's talking about taking people's data. People are already trying to test that, that premise.
0: Imagine this for a second. One man... With total control of billions of people's stolen data, all their secrets, their lives, their futures. This deep fake of Mark Zuckerberg is still up on Facebook's platforms. The video of Pelosi is harder to find, but it's out there. Facebook says keeping these clips up is all about free speech. They sort of dug in and said, look, we have this
1: longstanding policy where we'll take down fake accounts. And we'll take down information that is actively deceptive. Okay, so that seems like this video was actively deceptive. But their argument is, if it's not technically breaking our rules, if it's a person who earnestly was trying to publish a political viewpoint, but was using a deceptive false information to publish that viewpoint, well, that's just, you know, that's the same as, you know, yellow journalism, you know, people should be able to publish their false viewpoints, as long Mm -hmm. as they meant them earnestly. But what you see is that a lot of these people in our, you know, a lot of people in the American political system, you know, they believe false stories. They feel very passionate about them. And Facebook has said there, people have a right to believe false information. And what we'll do in that case is we will contract and hire third party fact checkers.
0: And Pelosi hates how Zuckerberg is handling this, right? Like she's not returning his call.
1: Yeah, she doesn't want to take that phone call. She doesn't want to have that conversation. I think even though many, many people, and even in the highest levels of Congress are asking them to take it down, you know, they, they publicly really dug in and said, we're not changing our policy on false information. And, you know, the reason for that, it, it goes much deeper than this. It has to do with how they look at 2020 and what their problems could be there. And they said, look, if we're, if we're gonna take down false information, we're gonna be totally accused of being biased and we're going to be complete, I mean, think about how much false information flies around during a presidential election. Think about if they took that on. It would be a task they would fail at. That's what they know. Even if we set ourselves up to take it down, we would be accused of bias because people, no matter what both sides would say, you're taking down more content from one side than the other. And they wouldn't do it well because then they would be in a position of fact-checking everybody's statements and, they they would fail. So they're going to fail whether they leave it up or take
0: it down. But I think the publishers of The New York Times would say, like, welcome to my job every day. I have to decide what I put in and what I don't because I'm responsible.
1: And The New York Times doesn't have a third of the world's population on its platform every month. With all its products come together, because now we're not even just talking about Facebook. Remember, they also have to police Instagram and they have to police WhatsApp, too. There's no number <laughs> of gatekeepers that the company can ever hire to do a good job at that. And that's that's reality.
0: You said there's this argument going on inside the company about how much to do in these circumstances. Tell me a little bit about what that looks like.
1: There are, of course, people within Facebook who just felt very uncomfortable that the platform was used to spread this type of video. And they also know that they messed up. They know that it's not an ideal situation if a video reaches... More than two million people even before they have a chance to fact check it. Again, they're, they're using third-party independent fact checkers. By the time the fact checkers get to that, by the time they put up the notice. and by the way, the notice we know doesn't say very strongly, it doesn't say this is false. The notice just basically says, click here for additional reporting on this. And so <laughs> they also know that that is like that is like the pun the punishment doesn't fit the crime. Like you're like, okay. Here's this totally blatantly false video, deceptively altered. And they're just saying, click to the right, you know, a tiny little button you can click on that says, click here for additional reporting by fact checkers.
0: It was really interesting when I was doing some reading on this video and what had happened. I found an interview Nancy Pelosi had done back in April. So before this falsified video came out, it was with Kara Swisher. And she seemed to really duck the idea of congressional responsibility here She's framed it as a choice Facebook would have to make. And it made me wonder if anyone in Washington has the stomach to do anything here.
1: Yeah, I mean, even Pelosi herself, it's almost like she's saying she wants Facebook to take it down and do something. And she's so upset that they didn't do it on their own because she doesn't want to do it for them. She's not willing to do it for them. And maybe that's also part of the fact that the House is going to be doing all these hearings you know, as we reported that there's going to be this very, very big, months-long hearings from the House Judiciary's top antitrust committee, subcommittee, looking at the tech giants, looking at competitive practices, looking at privacy. It's just going to be these ongoing hearings where their dark, dirty laundry is aired out. So in the fall, what do you think these hearings are going to look like? I think it'll be very wide-ranging. And my question is whether i think it'll it'll touch on issues of deep fakes like what we saw with the pelosi video i think they're going to talk about privacy and data collection and then the most interesting part that's newer will be around competition and antitrust and whether the rise of tech giants that have created these services that people you know really love like google maps think about how often you use google or google maps you know i can see a lot of different characters coming out in the hearings and explaining kind of what what what's been the cost of tech companies amassing so much power. And certainly, you know, the biggest cost is you could just look at Facebook and say, okay, we don't know if Facebook is technically a monopoly. But there is an argument to say, well, they've gotten so many data privacy scandals and they've run roughshod with your data. And maybe if they had a competitor or, you know, real competitor in the market or several,
0: maybe they wouldn't be so cavalier. Can we go inside Mark Zuckerberg's head a little bit? What is Mark Zuckerberg worried about? Like, why is he picking up the phone to call Nancy Pelosi? If Washington is stagnant, what's his concern here? Well,
1: it's a good question because some part of me says on some level he's not concerned at all. Another part of me says he is quite concerned about Facebook's role in society. He's also had, you know, several people leave his top team. You know, the company was... Very insular and very, very loyal for its first decade, 15 years of existence. And then in the last year, several top deputies and people close to him leave. But to the question of how much is he actually worried about regulation, I think they're much more worried about Europe. Like one of the more interesting things about this shakeup that they've had with people defecting and leaving some of Mark's top deputies is that some of the new people that they've brought on are people who have real experience in corporate attacks. So they just brought on basically a head, a director of communications. And this man that they have brought on, you know, you can read a lot about his bio, but I think the most critical thing to understand is that he did communications for Microsoft during the antitrust investigation, the 14-year antitrust investigation that the U.S. government levied against the company. So they're gearing up. They're definitely gearing up. And, and you know, they're, they've been for a while one of the largest lobbyists in Washington. And Mark has also called now. He's called for more regulation on privacy. He's called for regulation on content moderation. He's also said there needs to be a general privacy regulation. But you can see that probably, you know, behind the scenes, that's what we're learning, they're, they're working hard to shape the terms of that regulation in a way that's favorable to them. And then with the stuff where they're asking the government to come say, you tell us what we should take down. Well, they kind of know. Look at Pelosi's response. They kind of know that the government is also very undecided about these issues, and it would probably take the government longer than them to make the decisions. Hmm. So in a way, that gives them cover, but they're still going to end up making the decisions. Yikes.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's interesting. The thing that stands out to me from this parable of the Nancy Pelosi video and her relationship with Facebook, it feels like, is this what it's going to take? for things to change when it comes to regulating the digital world like is it going to take individual attacks on each and every lawmaker for them to begin to moderate what they're saying and begin to not just say this is Facebook's choice but this is something we need to actively steer i
1: mean i just kind of i kind of come back to They feel right now like they're in this damned if you do, damned if you don't position. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, I think they all feel like in some ways they can do no right no matter what decision they make. And I think, especially for the large companies, they're taking comfort in the fact that, look, we're so powerful, we're so big, we're more powerful than any government in some ways. You know, we will ride this wave. But but I kind of think, to your point, you're right. Pelosi's very mad. But if you asked her, would you you regulate Facebook to take down fake news or not, what would she say? Would she still be willing? She's asking them to take it down. She's saying she thinks that they should. She says, I think they should make the decision. They made the wrong call. But that's really different from saying, me as a lawmaker, I would force them to make the call that I want to make. We should have legislation. She's not saying that. She's just pouting. She's angry. But, you know, she's not, she's the most powerful woman in politics. She could also say other things like, I'm going to introduce a bill that makes tech companies do this. Yeah, she's got the big gavel. Yeah, she has more than just expressing anger. So, you know, maybe I think your, your point is right that, you know, she's not taking Zuckerberg's calls. She's acting very angry. But maybe they also know that she's not willing to force them you know, and even so, it would take a long time in Congress, if at all, to force them to do anything. But I think they probably know, too, that maybe it's more bark
0: than bite. Elizabeth Dwaskin, thank you so much for explaining all this to me. My pleasure. All right, have a good day, thanks. Elizabeth Dwaskin is the Silicon Valley correspondent for The Washington Post. All right, that's the show. Are you as angry at Facebook as Speaker Pelosi is? If you are, tweet at me about it. I am at Mary's desk. While you're at it, you can also just tell me what you think of the show. What Next is produced by Mary Wilson, Jason DeLeon, and Ethan Brooks. I'm Mary Harris. We are going to talk to you tomorrow.